Howdy and welcome to the 10 Week Bible Study. This is week four, day one of our study of Acts. I'm your host, Darren Hibbs, and today we're talking about Acts 9, 32 through 42. Welcome back to the 10 Week Bible Study. Again, I'm your host, Darren Hibbs. Would you join me as we pray before we start today? Lord, would you open our eyes and our ears to hear what your word is saying to us? Open our eyes. Open and reveal scripture to us today. We want to encounter you through your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. With that, let's jump into God's word. We're reading today from the NIV. This is Acts 9, starting in verse 32. As Peter traveled about the country, he went uh, to visit the Lord's people who lived in Lydda. There he found a man named Aenus, who was paralyzed and had been bedridden for eight years. Aenus, Peter said to him, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and roll up your mat. Immediately, Aenus got up. All those who lived in Lydda and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. All right. Up to this point, the apostles, they have been staying in Jerusalem. And now we see for the first time, Peter is leaving Jerusalem on purpose to go out into Judea. You see where this is going, right? Now, Luke is telling us that the, the apostles, they're going to start venturing out. They're going to start walking in obedience to what the Lord called them to, to go from Jerusalem to Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We know that Peter is going to end up in you know the ends of the earth. He's going to end up in Rome before it's all done. But uh, for now, this is the first foray out. I, again, I think this is the apostles being obedient to the Lord. You can see it differently and that's okay. But I, I see obedience in this, not a, a dragging of the feet because it was more comfortable to stay in Jerusalem. It's, I think we see that after Saul goes off, they send him off and now there's peace in Jerusalem. And now that there's peace, that's when the apostles decide to start going out again. I see, I see more obedience that I do disobedience to the uh, the call of the Lord. We have to remember that the Lord has been speaking prophetically to Peter and these guys incredibly well, incredibly well. I mean, he's been leading them prophetically in, in just amazing supernatural ways. So I find it very hard to believe that these guys were being disobedient and not going out sooner than the Lord would have wanted them to. Verse 36. In Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha. In Greek, her name is Dorcas. She was always doing good and helping the poor. About that time, she became sick and died, and her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. Lydda was near Joppa, so when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lydda, or Lydda, they sent two men to him and urged him, please come at once. Peter went with them, and when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. All the widows stood around him, crying and showing him the robes and the other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. You know, I find this very interesting. They're actually asking, you know, Peter to come and do so. I, I don't know if they're actually asking Peter to come and, and pray for him to be raised her to be raised from the dead. <clears throat> Maybe they're just thinking, you know, we want you to come here and perform a funeral. I, I don't know exactly what they were bringing him to do, but it sure does almost seem like they wanted him to pray for her to be raised from the dead. Maybe he's done it before. It wouldn't surprise me at this point. All of the things that 
that Luke has told us that Peter's done. And remember, Luke is leaving out a ton of stuff. The miracles and the things that he's putting in are things that are part of the main narrative that he's weaving, right? He's left Peter for a while. We come back to Peter and, and this storyline that he's telling us now, it has to do with what's going to happen moving forward. It has to do with Paul. It has to do with Paul's call to the Gentiles. All of these things are, are instrumental to Luke's narrative. I believe there's tons of other stuff going on. So it's not outside of the realm of reality. The Peter has already raised a few people from the dead and the other apostles have too. And they're like, hey, come here. Like this was a good woman. Raise her back from, to life, right? And and I almost get that sense that that's what they're asking him to come do. Now, maybe they're just asking him to come do the funeral. I don't know. But I really do get this sense that, that Peter is not new at raising people from the dead at this point. Verse 40, Peter sent them out of the room. He got down on his knees and prayed. Turning toward the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes and seeing Peter, she sat up. He took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. Then he called for the believers, especially the widows, and presented her to them alive. This became known all over Joppa and many people believed in the Lord. I mean, this is miraculous, right? So Peter heals the first guy, is lame, and everyone in the area comes to know the Lord. Uh, he, he raises Tabitha Dorcas from the dead and everybody hears about this. They come and they, they believe in God, right? These are these supernatural things that's giving them boldness and he's preaching with boldness and, and people are getting saved. This is a big deal. Now, again, the reason this story and maybe other stories of Peter, specific stories of Peter healing people and raising them from the dead, they're not in the book of Acts, because this particular story, as you know, is going to be instrumental in what's about to happen. And the whole narrative here is about to take a turn, and we're going to follow this storyline to where Cornelius, he's going to be in Joppa, Peter is, and this guy, this Roman centurion Cornelius is going to send for him because of angels, and Peter's going to have angels, and all of this prophetic, angelic swirl of activities all going to come serendipitously together. It's not serendipitous because the Lord's pulling the strings here. He's making all this happen. It's all going to come together and it's going to lead to the first Gentile Christians up to this point in the book of Acts. I don't know if we're talking about 17 years at this point. I don't know if we're talking about five. I am not a hundred percent clear Again, knowing what Paul says in Galatians 1 and 2 and what Luke's given us, I have a difficult time knowing how to marry those two timelines together. I know they're both accurate in the way that they're being foretold. I just don't know how they come together, how they interplay off of each other. And so we're talking about some time period has passed and we still do not have any Gentile believers. Every Christian at this point is a Jew or someone who's converted to Judaism first, meaning they've been circumcised and they've agreed they're going to follow the laws of Moses. No Gentile Christians, meaning no no Christians who aren't Jews by birth or religion as well. And that's all about to change in our next passages. For the 10-week Bible study, I'm your host, Aaron Hibbs, and I can't wait to see you next time. 
Hey, thanks for tuning into the 10-Week Bible Study Podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast, would you consider leaving a review for it on your podcast app of choice? It really helps other people find out about this podcast, and my heart is for people to fall in love with God's Word. Thank you.